everyone. Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we have a very special guest, 2011 World All-Around Champion, 2012 Olympic Gold Medalist, and current Arkansas Gymnastics Head Coach Jordan Weaver is joining us on the show. But before we get into that, we have a quick news update on Oksana Trusovina already being out of retirement, and we also have how you continue into this week's World Championships. We'd like to take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters before we jump into the episode. A big thank you to Kathleen R., Amy M., Lucy S., Kevin K., Maya A., Becca S., Nina L., DFP, Blake B., Elaine E., Rydog, Faith M., Kristen R., Lori S., Sabrina M., Amy C., and Erica S., Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. Seriously, you all have helped make this show what it is, and to have that many people continue to make contributions, it really does mean a lot to us. So, thank you. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon, we have our website linked in the show notes down below, and from there you can click on the support tab and see the perks of each tier level, the cost, and what we use the contributions for. So, thank you all again, and now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, it's good to be back. Long time no see, long time no talk. It's so, been a while since we've recorded. Yeah, sorry, we've been kind of slacking a little bit. And I feel like we, <laughs> lately, every time we do a podcast, it's just us being like, oh my god, we're so busy. Our lives are so stressful. But it, it kind of has been lately. Yeah, like I have had some job switches recently, so that's kind of what's been going on in my life. I started grad school, so I'm also really focused on that. Just work and school and also a little bit of mental health stuff, I'd say, as well. Just kind There's of... times where we have like, good intentions when we go to record, and then we're both just not feeling it that day. So yeah, we're doing the best that we can. It's been a little bit rough, but we're so glad to be back, and we're really excited for this week's episode because we have an interview with Jordan Weber, of course, 2012 Olympic gold medalist, and now the head coach at the University of Arkansas. And anyone that's followed us for the last, what? 10 years or more you know how much we love jordan weber we've always been big jordan fans so we're so excited to have her on the show this week and we also wanted to do a little news update before we get to the interview because it has been so long since we've talked about anything gymnastics related so i feel so out of the loop that's Mm -hmm. the thing like I've been so busy that not only have I not been recording the podcast, but I've also, like, barely been on social media to see, like, what's going on. So, like, obviously I know, like, who the world's team is for the United States and some of the top teams. And, like, who's going to be there? Um, but this week is just going to be a surprise for me, I think. Because there's yeah. a lot of things that I'm, like, not processing. So it is World Championships Week, which is crazy because we already had the Olympics this year. And then now, just a few months later... We have Worlds. That doesn't happen very often. I think it happened in 1996, but Worlds was before the Olympics that year. So this is kind of a unique situation going on here, but we're just going to roll with the punches and hopefully have a good time this week. So it's in Japan once again, so that means staying up into crazy hours. Either staying up really late or getting up really early. Either way, it's like not fun, (laughs) but you get used to it. So real quickly, we wanted to just give you guys the... TV schedule so you can tune in. By the time this comes out, we're recording this Sunday morning, so qualifications will have already happened by by the the time time you're listening. (laughs) Yes. But we'll help you out with what's to come, you know, the rest of this week. So the women's all-around final is going to be Thursday, October 21st. 
If you want to watch it live, it'll be on the Olympic Channel, and that's at 5 in the morning Eastern time. If you can't watch it live, it'll be tape delayed on NBCSN that night. So 7 o'clock Eastern time on Thursday is when you can watch the women's all-around tape delayed. For the men's all-around final, that's Friday. Same thing, live on the Olympic Channel at 5 in the morning Eastern time, and then tape delayed at 7 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. And then this coming weekend, we have the event finals, just as it usually is. It's split into two days, Saturday, which is October 23rd. You can watch it live on the Olympic Channel at 3.10 Eastern Time. And then Sunday, you can watch it live again on the Olympic Channel at 3.25 Eastern Time. And that's AM, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> it's in Japan. <laughs> and then event finals, you can watch tape delayed Sunday evening at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. So you might want to write that down. Or actually, you know what? We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to still look at it rather than hearing it because we got all these different times and different channels that it's on. It's a little bit confusing. Also, if you want, I made this really nice clean graphic on Inside Gymnastics that we've been posting with the TV schedule. You can look at that as well. Save it to your phone. That's what I've been doing. It's nice just to reference it to remember <laughs> when everything is and how to watch it. And as far as like covering the me, live tweeting out all of that, I may tweet a little bit throughout the me. I wouldn't necessarily call it live tweeting because I don't really plan on like tweeting about every single routine. Ashley will be doing that over on Inside Gymnastics Twitter. So I just encourage you guys to go follow them if you're not already, just because she's doing a lot of the good hard work over on Inside Gymnastics. And it kind of is dumb for me to sit next to her and do the same exact thing. But for our podcast, we'll just promote Inside Gymnastics go follow them. They're amazing. And they're doing a lot of really good things over there. Real quickly, I do just want to say, because we do follow the U.S. women's team really closely, um, the world's team is Leanne Wan, Connor McLean, MJ Frazier, and Kayla DeCello on the four-person team. Olivia Greaves was named the alternate. And we have the start list for the U.S. in qualifications. They will be starting on an even bars. They have MJ Frazier up on bars first, Leanne Wan second, and Kayla DeCello up third. On beam, Leanne Wan, Kayla DeCello, and Connor McLean. Up on floor, MJ Frazier first, Kayla DeCello second, and Leanne Wan third. And then on vault, Connor McLean first, Leanne Wan second, and then Kayla DeCello in third. So that means that Leanne Wan and Kayla DeCello are going to be doing the all-around Connor McLean will really only have the chance to go for balance beam event finals because she's not doing two vaults. So not really sure why they even bothered to put her up because there's no team competition. So I've just not, I think for the experience, just for her to go out and compete on the world stage, if she can do it, why not? She obviously can't do all around because you have Kayla and Leanne already doing it. Right. And I think Connor has great all around potential, but she has just seemed a little bit off this year. And even, you know, leading up to these world championships, I think it's best for her just to focus on the beam, which is her best opportunity to win a medal. Right. And, you know, I think she does have a nice vault. Maybe somewhere down the line she'll end up competing a second vault. But I think it's just about experience at this point. I mean, that makes sense. They go up last on vault, though. And because she's not doing bars, it's not even like it's a situation where if somebody gets injured, they can plug her in and she can do all around then. Because it's like she won't be doing the all around because they're already going to have done bars. So it must just be literally to do a competition vault. Yeah, but she can't do all around because if she did all around, then Frazier would be there for nothing. 
Right, yeah. And they want Frasier on floor because that's her best opportunity to make an event final. So I think it makes sense. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to have Frasier on bars considering that's her weakest event. But I think, you know, Connor just focusing on Beam pretty much and Leanne and Kayla doing the all around. I think that's the USA's best shot at getting on the podium and potentially winning. I think Angelina Malnikova is going to be the biggest threat for the all-around gold medal. Because there's a lot of people who are there but not doing the all-around like Rebecca Andraji. Yes, or Murakami Mai. A lot of the girls, and uh, Arazaba too. She's also not doing all-around. So a lot of the people that were near the top of the all-around podium in Tokyo are not going to be doing all-around here. So the door really is wide open and it's anyone's game, which is super exciting. It is exciting. But I think that... Angelina, Kayla, and Leanne are definitely going to be the biggest challengers for that all-around podium. And, you know, Connor, she has a fabulous shot at getting a B medal. And then I'm hoping that MJ will get into the floor final at least. I don't know her possibility or her shot at getting a medal. Who knows, maybe. She definitely is a very good floor worker, very solid, lots of power. But Murakami Mai is going to be in the mix. And this could be her last competition. Yes. I don't want to think about it. But she has said that, you know, she's really achieved everything that she can in her career. She's a four-time Japanese all-around champion. She is a world champion on floor from 2017. And now an Olympic medalist on floor. She won a bronze in Tokyo. So I think that she's really just done it all. And what better way to go out than not only she had her home Olympics this year, but to follow it up with her home world championships in the same year go out, get a medal. That would be so iconic. And hopefully a gold one. Yes. Also, really excited to see Lisi Jia from China back out there. Her beam is chef's kiss. I'm kind of hoping that she ends up leaving this with a gold medal on that event because I think that she totally has the potential and she's one of the greatest beam workers at this competition for sure. She's my pick for the gold medal. Like we said, by the time you all are listening to this, qualifications will already have happened and we'll be gearing up for the all-around final. So stay tuned for next week's episode if you want to know more about our thoughts and our feelings about how these podiums end up shaking out. We also real quickly want to touch on Miss Oksana Chusevitna because she's already out of retirement (laughs) and... In my phone, I have a note of like podcast ideas, like things that we want to talk about. And we almost did an episode talking about her retirement and just like her career and recapping everything that she's accomplished and what she's done for the sport. And I'm so glad that we didn't because she would have made us look like clowns. (laughs) I'm convinced that she's never going to retire. She's just going to keep going and keep going. I interviewed her. We've talked about this before. I interviewed her in April, was it, of this year? beginning of this year it doesn't matter i talked to her at the beginning of this year and she was like tokyo is my last olympics i guess to be fair she never said it was going to be her last competition she just said it was going to be her last olympics i feel like the impression i got was that she was very much done kind of that's what that's the impression i got too but i started seeing videos of her in the gym like she was posting on instagram and i'm like what is she doing she's supposed to be retired i see i thought they were old videos like i thought maybe she was just like reminiscing and posting like a video from like before the olympics i think some of them were like she posted one day a video of her on bars i'm pretty sure that was old because her hair was different yeah 
So it's, it is sometimes hard to tell though, especially when she's doing like something on the trampoline or she's on vault. Either way, she's been posting a lot of videos of her in the gym and I'm like, Oksana, honey, what are you doing? You're supposed to be retired, but <laughs> she's <we> not. Forget? <laughs> she has announced that she is aiming for the 2022 Asian Games because she wants to end her career with a medal for Uzbekistan. So love that for her. I think that, you know, she deserves to go out with a medal the Asian Games is a year away. It's September 10th of 2022. So she's going to be training still for quite a while. Yeah, which means that she might as well just stick around for the next Olympics. I mean, come on. <laughs> Knowing her, she probably will. So, But yeah, I'm super excited that we will get to see her compete again. Obviously, like I don't want her to retire. I was just expecting her to retire because that's, I think, the impression that we all had after the Olympics and her emotional goodbye to the sport and... You know, the eight on her leotard representing, you know, how many Olympics that she's been to. And it felt like the end. It really did feel like the end. Yeah. So I'm a little bit surprised, but it's a pleasant surprise. And I'm hoping that she can come away with the medal that she's looking for. Hopefully it can be a gold medal. She's won medals for Uzbekistan before in her career. And I know that's something that a lot of people were confused about. Like, what did she mean when she said that? But I think that she more so just wanted to end her career with a medal, not earn the first medal you know for herself and for Uzbekistan she just wants to end her career on a high note like that which totally makes sense and I'm really hoping that she can make that happen so moving on now to our interview with Jordan Weber as we said in the beginning we're so excited to have her on the show we've been fans of Jordan for so so long and when we were younger it was a lot of us loving her gymnastics we were just fans of her as a gymnast but honestly I can say and I think a lot of people out there would agree with us that as she's gotten older you almost just love her even more as a person I mean of course we all love her as a gymnast but you love her as a person as well. She's wise beyond her years. She really has a good head on her shoulders. And just talking to her, I kind of felt motivated and yeah. like ready to take on life. She just has this such a fresh perspective and it really seems like she's a great mentor, a great coach. Honestly, if I was a gymnast, she'd have me wanting to go to Arkansas and it has nothing to do with the fact that like, oh my God, it's Jordan Weber and I love Jordan Weber. It's, not, it's nothing <laughs> not like to do the, with that. the child in you that is obsessed with Jordan Weber. Yeah, like it's not a fangirl thing. It's very much just like she seems like such a solid well-rounded person who's been through so much in her gymnastics career she's achieved so much she's had so much difficulty if you know anything about her story I mean she's been through some horrible things but she just seems to have come out on top and she is such a strong person you can see that and totally the kind of energy and the person that I would want to like associate myself with if I was a gymnast so I think that that's a really huge huge draw for Arkansas's program and you hear that from the girls like we've talked to some of the girls and they express how much they love Jordan and how supported that they feel at Arkansas how comfortable they feel they can be themselves and just all these wonderful things about that program and about the entire coaching staff really so we're really excited about everything that's going on at Arkansas and you know we touch on that a little bit here in our interview with Jordan but again she's such an amazing person, so well-spoken, and really has so much to offer to anybody, whether you're a gymnast or not. Like you said, 
the next day after we did this interview, I woke up feeling like super motivated because I, I listened back to our interview just to kind of like hear like how it went and, you know, just listening back over it again after we did it. And I was like, wow, like she said so many things, even just talking about being like young as a head coach and how she wasn't afraid to ask questions. And if she didn't know the answer to something, that was okay. Like she had confidence in herself that she was just going to be able to figure it out. Yeah, she was going to find out the answer. And I totally appreciate that because right now I'm kind of in a situation like that with my job where I'm, you know, I started something new and I'm kind of unsure of it, not really sure if I like it or I don't want to do it going forward. And hearing her just talk about, you know, how she handled uncertainty like that and how much confidence that she had, it really did. It sounds cheesy, but it made me have a better day that day at work. And it makes you feel like, and this maybe sounds stupid, but for someone like us, I think that Brittany and I, we struggle with confidence a little bit. We always have throughout our whole lives. And to hear someone like Jordan saying that like, it's okay to go into something and not know what you're doing. You don't have to go into everything and be the best at it. And she talks about that, you know, with her gymnastics career and always being almost conditioned to think that she has to be the best. She always has to win. And knowing that like, it's okay to not always be the best at everything. And even in your career, if you don't know something or something's a little bit challenging, it's okay to ask questions and you're not stupid, you know, for not knowing how to do everything. And just hearing someone like Jordan say that, it makes me feel like, okay, so if I go to work tomorrow and I don't know what I'm doing, I don't have to feel like an idiot for asking. Right. It's okay. Jordan, we were totally normalizing these things for people. I so, so appreciate it. And like we said, you know, she was our idol growing up. Like we obviously loved her gymnastics, but still to this day, I, I still really admire her and all the work that she's doing, her advocacy work and just really the message just, that she's putting out there. Yeah, I feel like really she has the power to change the sport and the culture of the sport. She is exactly what you want in a coach and a mentor. And I think she's just so great for the sport. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Miss Jordan Weber. We want to start by saying congratulations on being inducted into the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame, as well as on your engagement. Thank you. So was that a total surprise or did you kind of have an idea that it was coming? Well, a little bit of both because I, um, well, Chris and I went and and picked out a ring together like a few weeks prior. Um, So I knew, I knew that a ring was being made and it existed, but I didn't know like if he had it yet. I didn't know when the proposal was going to happen and I of course flew to Michigan for the induction. And, um, and so I was, my whole family was there and we were celebrating my nephew's birthday party. And I thought Chris was here cause he had to coach practice. And, um, and I just thought he was here with our dog. And, and then all of a sudden he walked in and I'm like, Oh, you're, you're here. Surprise. Um, but immediately when I saw him, I'm like, okay, this is happening. This is, this is the moment. Um, Going down. So, yeah. So I knew it was coming soon. I shouldn't know exactly when. I saw the picture that you posted of you guys from like 2011 worlds. It's so cute. So did you like low key have a crush on him back then? Or like, what is your memories of back then with you and Chris? Well, okay. So there's, there's like age gap between us. Like we're nine years apart. So at that time, like I was 16 and he was 24 or something. So like, no, I didn't have a crush on him because I knew like, I thought he was cute because like everyone thought Chris Brooks was cute, you know? Um, (laughs) You guys probably did too. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and I remember like, I was so, I was just like, I didn't even talk to boys at that point, but it was after the year after that in 2012, we went on the post-Olympic tour Yeah, and we actually became really good friends on that tour. So we were friends all the way until 2016 when we started dating. 
So what's the dynamic like with you guys in the gym together? And how would you describe your coaching styles? So we're very different. We have very different coaching styles. Um, but I would say that the reason we coach and our philosophy and our foundation is very similar. So obviously we both kind of have that inner athlete and inner drive and just desire to succeed because that's who we are and that's literally in our blood. And that's what got us to the level that we were at as athletes ourselves. But personality wise, like he is like fun guy in the gym. He's always screaming in a good way. And, um, just like the most encouraging, excited coach that you could ever, ever wish for or want. Um, so he kind of keeps the, the energy up. He keeps the vibe really light. The girls really enjoy being coached by him, I would say. And I think it's also really rare to have a male coach that the athletes feel comfortable talking to, yeah. but they do, which is, which is really rare and it's awesome. And I think that's a really great dynamic for our coaching staff versus me. I'm a little bit more, I would say intense, not in a bad way, but I'm in, I'm intense. Um, I tend to be a little bit more serious in the gym. We both love coaching, you know, to our core. And we both coach because we feel like it's our, our, our desire for our careers is to help people. And we both feel like gymnastics is our greatest tool to be able to do that. And so, um, that's, that is the same across the board, really for our whole coaching staff, but especially me and Chris. And we talk about that a lot is yes, we love winning. Yes. It's fun and all of that. And we love gymnastics, but for us, it's really about helping our student athletes grow as people and, um, when they grow as people they usually grow as, as athletes as well. So, um, it's really fun. We love it's it, we, we, we were unsure how working together and being in a relationship would go, but it's going very well. And um, it's all about kind of keeping the balance between work and home and, and all of that. But it's, it's really, really fun. Do you guys ever talk about gymnastics when you're at home or do you, you do try to keep them separate? Oh, we talk about it nonstop. It's, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we actually like, um, it's funny cause you, Chris is not like an office kind of guy. Like he'll tell you, he does not like to feel like restricted in his office. He's like, he's, you know, he likes to be up and moving around and taking phone calls and kind of like walking and things like that. So, um, and I'm more of like an office person. I like to sit at my desk and get everything done. And so typically after practice, we practice in the morning. So after practice, he'll actually go home and, and let our dog out and I'll stay in the office and he'll, he'll do most of his work from home if he can. And then, so by the time, you know, I'll call him if I have a question or we need to work on stuff together. But then when I get home, we usually have a lot of things to catch up on and talk about. Um, but we have talked about, we do need to like, sometimes we say like, I don't want to talk about gymnastics right now. We need to talk about something different and we respect each other's boundaries in that way. But a lot of times our best ideas happen when we're walking our dog or we're at home or getting ready in the morning. So it happens, it's inevitable, but um, we try to respect each other if we feel like, okay, I need a break from work right now mentally. Tell us about how you becoming the head coach at Arkansas kind of came about because during the 2019 season, you were still at UCLA. At that point in time, were you kind of eyeing a head coach position? Was that something that you were wanting to do? And were you aware that Arkansas was going to have a position that was opening up? Yeah. So at uh, during that last year at UCLA, I um, at that point had already realized, you know, I do want to be a head coach someday. That's my goal. That's that's what I'm striving for for my career. Um, I didn't know when that was going to happen. To be totally honest with you, I thought that I was going to stay at UCLA and um, probably become an assistant coach. And so it was 
I don't remember what month it was, but it was sometime during that season, I got a, a text from the athletic director at Arkansas. And I had heard that the, that, you know, Mark Cook was going to be retiring and then the job was going to be open, opening up. And, you know, I, I didn't really like see myself there at the time, but I got a text from the AD and I thought, you know, wow, like it really put the thought in my brain of, okay, can I see myself doing it this soon? And am I ready to take on a head coaching position? And after that, I really shifted my mindset. I actually came out and, um, and visited and did a really informal interview. Uh, UCLA competed in Oklahoma and it's just a short drive. So I I came out to Arkansas and, and really got a feel for the area. Cause I, I mean, like most people, I thought where even is Arkansas on the map? I have no idea what's there, who lives, you know, I, I had no no clue. Um, yeah, I came out to visit and was so shocked by just how beautiful it is and how much I loved it. Like genuinely very shocked. So, you know, I just, I was talking with the administration of Arkansas for a while and came out to do a formal interview. And along the way was just learning a ton from Miss Val in her last year and, and the other coaches as well at UCLA, um, learning a ton about the administrative side of things and budgets and scheduling and just all of the hundred thousand things that, that are behind, you know, just the gymnastics. So, um, I really kind of put my head down and just learned and absorbed as much as I possibly could so that, you know, when I went into my interview at Arkansas, I was able to say, you know what, I don't know it all, but I promise you, I will do everything I can to, to, to figure it out. And I have really great resources and great people who have, who have mentored me. And I feel like I can figure most anything out. So that's kind of how it all came about. And then they offered me the job right after nationals that year. And that's, that's how it started. What is it like being a head coach at such a young age? Because you were 23 when you were hired, which is pretty young. And you were kind of you know close in age with some of the girls on the team. So I guess, what are some of the challenges that you see with that? And also any benefits, if there are any? Well, I never really felt that. Like even the three years prior, I was coaching at UCLA. Um, my first year coaching, I was a senior in college. So the girls I was coaching were actually in my graduating class. Yeah. I think, and I don't know if it has to do with, you know, my career in the sport and the level that I reached. And, but I felt that even that first year, when I started coaching, the athletes had uh, this level of respect for me, um, which I really appreciated. And I, and I was really conscious and intentional about making sure that I wasn't flipping back and forth between coach and friend or coach and teammate. And I really started with that my first year. And so I never really felt close in age with any of them. It sounds weird, but, um, yeah, well, because you were like seniors in college, you're probably like, what, 22 and you're like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would have a really hard time doing that. So like, shout out to you for like, honestly being able yeah. to like manage that mental shift. I feel like that's the first thing people always ask me, but that's never been an, uh, an issue for me. And I've always been, I've always felt older than my age. Maybe that's it. I've always like, even now I'm 26. I feel like I'm 35. Like, like <laughs> I don't know why I've always felt that way. Even since I was younger, when I was 15, I felt 18. When I was seven, I felt 10. You know what I mean? So yeah, adding um, 10 years to your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, that's never been an issue. Our whole coaching staff is relatively young. I mean, between me, I mean, Chris is, you know, 34 and, you know, we have Felicia and Kyla who are both also young and, and a little closer in age to our athletes. And we, but we do have a younger coaching staff and it has never felt like a negative thing. It's always felt like a benefit. It feels like it gives us not an advantage, but it's a, it's a benefit to our team. I feel like 
you know, having Felicia and Kyla who were, you know, recently graduated have gone through what most of these girls are going through very recently and, and also won a national championship along the way. So it's so helpful to have that perspective. And they're really relatable, I would say to our athletes. I think the young energy is what, is what the benefit comes from. It's both Chris and I, and other, other two coaches as well are just really excited and passionate and fired up about what we're doing. And I think that our team can feel that. I think our fans can feel that. I think people around the country and recruits can feel that. So I think it's, it's only a benefit. I've never felt like it's been a negative thing to have a younger coaching staff. And I would say the only, uh, non-benefit was just how much I had to learn very quickly, but I've been able to just ask questions and I have a really great support system here at Arkansas. The administration has been amazing and I ask a ton of questions. So that's, that's really how I figured it all out. It's just, I ask and I don't assume and, um, and I just use the resources around me and it's, that's been working. Yeah. You've been through a lot in your own gymnastics career. So whether it's like the highs or the lows, how do you feel like that has sort of shaped not only who you are as a person, but who you are as a coach? Well, I think, you know, beyond anything, gymnastics and my, you know, the experiences I had in the sport, both good and bad have just made me a really resilient human. Um, And I think anyone who's ever even been in, in gymnastics or been involved in the sport can, can recognize that, that this sport does that for people. It makes really, really strong human beings. And so now it feels like that resilience that I've built up has prepared me to really take on anything in life, whether that's work-related or personally or anything. And so um, I think that's something I'm able to model for our athletes and, and show them and then also guide them to you know, I always use this phrase of like flexing your resilience muscle. You know, we have, have all these muscles we use in our body and that help us in gymnastics, but especially you think about the, the last year and a half with this pandemic I mean, we, every human, no matter who you are, has had to really flex their resilience muscle. And the, the more you flex it, the stronger it gets and the more you feel like you can handle in life. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's something I feel like I'm able to teach my athletes now that I learned in gymnastics. And, um, you know, I also feel like I've been through so much, you know, most of the things these our athletes go through, I can sit here and say, I understand right where you are. I know how you feel. Even though I didn't even do college gymnastics. I just understand this sport inside and out and have seen pretty much all of it. So, um, yeah. I feel like that perspective helps me a lot when I'm coaching. And you mentioned Kyla. I want to talk about Kyla and what led you to hire her and then what her role is on the team this season. Yeah. Uh, so we elevated Felicia up to assistant coach because she's amazing. Um, and so we needed a volunteer coach. And um, it's actually funny. I don't even remember if I reached out to her, if she reached out to me. I think I think actually she, she reached out to me. And then I was like, I didn't even know that she was thinking about coaching at the time. I mean, Kyle and I have always kept in touch, but I, I wasn't really sure what she was going to do post graduation. And so she kind of put the idea in my head and I thought, wow, like how amazing would that be for not only for me and Kyla to be able to coach together, but for our athletes to get to be around somebody who is the human that of the caliber that Kyla is, you know? And so she came out and visited and loved it. And, and she's just been amazing. She is so smart. She just dives in. She's not tentative about speaking up and, um, she really wants to learn all of the ins and outs of coaching 
and felt like she would, she would learn a ton here. And so, um, I am doing for her what I feel like Miss Val did for me, which was, she gave me a lot of responsibility and she let me learn by actually doing stuff. Um, I mean, at UCLA, I had the floor team and I was in charge of all things floor and having to step up to that level and that challenge as a coach really helped me learn. And so that's what I'm doing for Kyla now. And so she's kind of doing a lot of everything. She's, uh, she's mainly coaching beam. Um, she sometimes I'll take over beam and she'll go over to bars and, and hang out. She loves bars. She's obviously was fabulous at it. Right. Um, she's, you know, helped a little bit with developing some of the conditioning, which is great. I mean, think about her career. She's got so much knowledge and she'll come in too. And Felicia did all our, our choreography this year. She'll come in and help a little with the choreography as well. So a little bit of everything, oh. but so you said Felicia, she did the choreography and then Kyla's kind of just like assisting with it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see. (laughs) So looking ahead to this season, how is the team looking in practice? And I guess, what are some of the team's goals for this season? It's funny that you asked that because today was like, we had kind of a two-part goals conversation with our team. And I'm, I'm really big on, you know, it's gotta be there. It has to be their goals and they have to believe in it versus like the coaches just saying, here's our goal for the year. You know, I want them to believe in it come up with it and buy into it and talk about it. So, um, we just had that last conversation today. The team's looking great. We have a really strong freshman class, which I'm really excited about. We have six freshmen, five of which will compete. One had a tour in ACL before she got here. So, um, she will likely won't compete this year. Some of our older ones are two seniors, our COVID seniors, we call them that, um, took the sixth year and came back, um, both had surgery. So they're both like in recovery from surgery and both expected to be back by January. So they're kind of in that healing phase and like really dialing in on their leadership as they work through their rehab. And it's allowed us to really, you know, focus in on our younger ones that you needed a little bit more time and individual attention from us coaches. So we have an inner squad tomorrow, which I'm excited about. It'll be our second inner squad. Uh, first one was awesome. I think the team was almost even a little just surprised at how confident and calm they felt. And our, our thing is always get ready early so that we can do less numbers for a longer period of time and clean up earlier. So right now, I mean, we've got routines put together on every event except for floor, which we're, we're getting there. That's the long, that takes the longest, but um, I'm excited about where they are in their progression for routines. Um, So now we're focusing on things like stuck dismounts and handstands and little details versus just trying to still put routines together. So that's good. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about the freshmen and what we can expect from them? We've seen a lot of the videos that you guys are posting on Instagram and we're super excited. You got some good freshmen coming in this year. Yeah. And a couple under the radar too, that I think are going to shock some people, but I mean, the obvious, um, Leah Smith, she is likely going to compete all around for us and is just looking really awesome in training. She's, it's so fun to coach her because she's, she expects nothing but her best all of the time. So I'm excited about watching her compete. She loves to perform. Another one, uh, Mackie Sedlicek, she will compete multiple, multiple events. We're still kind of figuring out, you know, which ones, but she's just got really big, beautiful gymnastics. She has a massive one and a half on vault that in jail, she would stick. And one time she scored a 10 and huge full in on floor and, um, beautiful Maloney pack Maloney half bar routine. So that should be great. And then we have Calista, um, Gamio from Hawaii 
and she is so fun to watch. She'll definitely compete beam and floor, if not also vault. Um, and then we've got a couple other ones under the radar. So Maddie Jones, uh, she'll be big on bars and beam for us. And then um, Cammie Weaver, who's just, she's been a really pleasant surprise for us where we, you know, we kind of, we definitely saw her on beam and vault. She's stepping up her game on, on bars and floor and is, you know, training all around every day. So um, she'll be, she'll be awesome to watch as well. I wanted to ask you about like how you've helped to grow the fan base in Arkansas already in such a short period of time. I remember seeing videos of you, like, I think it was pre-COVID obviously, but you were like walking around campus and like going up to students and like trying to recruit them to come to the meets and kind of just building hype around your team. So I guess just talk about that and how important it is for you to get people interested in gymnastics at Arkansas and kind of like what you're doing going into the season. Hopefully more people will be allowed in the stands, fingers crossed, but I guess just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it felt like when I got here, I, I walked into already a really great foundation and fan base. You know, there was already a lot of support around the gymnastics program. Um, and we kind of came in and put our own uh, style to it, our own flair. We made some changes to the competition layout in, in Barnhill so that our fans felt like they were a part of the experience. So we actually bumped the floor, like right up to the student section and like they are dancing and up on their feet during every floor routine. It's so fun. Um, so we try to like, first of all, kind of look at the, the meet experience and figure out how can we make this fun for not only the young gymnasts in the crowd and the kids, but also the adults that have been season ticket holders for 10 or 15 years, but also the college students because our student section is amazing. So we, we try to figure out how can we tailor to all of those people not just the kids, not just these college students, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we did that and, and really just getting out in the community and getting people excited and, and building a buzz around our program. And we've done that really well with social media. We're still, we're still going in that direction. Um, and, and also I will add that there is, there is so much excitement around Arkansas athletics right now with our football program, getting better, our basketball program, making the elite eight last year. Um, you know, track wins like the national championship almost every year and the SEC championship. So there's just a lot of great things going on in our athletic department, which is exciting. And so all of our fans here, especially locally, are just um, there's rallying around Arkansas sports. And I think gymnastics is included in that. Love it. So shifting gears, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the new NIL rule as someone who went pro and had a forfeit your NCAA eligibility because that really was your only option at the time. Um, I assume that you're in favor of the NIL rule. Yes, I am. Honestly, I'm jealous <laughs> um, because I'm jealous of the student athletes because, you know, like you said, when I was 15, I sat there and decided my parents, do I want to go pro and be able to do all of these cool opportunities and make money off of my career and, um, and things like that. Or did I want to get a college scholarship and go compete in the NCAA? And so I'm, I'm really glad that really nobody has to make that decision anymore. If they don't want to, yeah. you really can have the best of both worlds, which is so amazing. I think it's been really interesting to kind of see how, how creative athletes are getting. Um, that's been one of my messages to our athletes has been, um, really, reflect on what you want your brand to be. And 
and think about what you want to do with your career after college is over and figure out how to combine those two things and build your brand so that when sponsors or people go to look at your social media, they know what you represent. They know what you're passionate about. They know what you believe in and your social media should reflect that. And that's based off of my own experience, having, you know, done, you know, that this influencer marketing stuff since I was 16 years old and really focusing on that social media aspect. So it's been fun to um, see, see them go through that and really be a, a sort a resource for them to ask questions, but I'm just, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm so excited that they get to, to do both things. And I, and I keep challenging my athletes, like how creative can you think about this? Like, and work with brands that you use in your daily life or you, that you care about, and they've been able to do some things like that. So I'm just excited to see how it, how it keeps going forward. And I feel like it's so cool that they have someone like you in their corner to kind of help them navigate that. Like you obviously, like you said, have experience, you know, being an Olympian and kind of having like your own brand. So I feel like what better person to kind of help, you know, them navigate that than you. So that's super cool. And I feel like that's really unique. A lot of college teams probably can't say that. Yeah. It's, I think it's been good. I, I, the first thing I told them was like, please ask me endless questions. And because I've, I've had an agent for multiple years and, um, you know, dealt with contracts, dealt with, you know, social media stuff. And there's a lot to know and there's, it's, you can easily get taken advantage of. And so I've, I've told them, ask me questions and, um, they've been really open and, um, and, and come to me for advice, you know, as much as I can give, because this is, it's their thing. And I want them to be able to manage as much as they have to manage. And it's another responsibility on their plate, you know, on top of athletics and academics and all of that. And they know that, but it's their, it's their challenge to figure out how to balance all of it. And then to wrap this up, we have a little speed round, just a couple quick, fun, easy questions. They're like pretty random questions. Yeah, they're they're really random. The first one is, what's your favorite thing to do in Fayetteville? Um, hmm. Me and Chris are big foodies. Like we, we love to try restaurants, new ones. So I would say like going out to eat. And Arkansas has some like really good coffee shops and breakfast spots. Like our they they really nailed like breakfast things here. So yeah. we're going out to breakfast, I'd say. You can't go wrong with food. No. <laughs> what is the hardest skill that you trained but never competed? Okay, so I trained array on bars for six years and never one time competed it, which is so funny. Like. I just couldn't get it. One time in eighth grade, I went too early on it and skid my whole face on the bar and still went to the school dance the next day. Um, oh my, my nose was like double the size and my lip was huge. I couldn't smile, but I still went to the dance. It was so sad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I like just, I tried to put it in my routine, like numerous times trained it for like literally five or six years and never once competed it, which you see, like everybody does race, you know, yeah. people make it easy. I just, it wasn't easy for me. So yeah, just was wasn't your skill. <laughs> my skill. It was not. What about a most embarrassing moment from a competition if you have one? Uh, oh, I mean, one, this is like when I was really young. One time I was level six and I was competing and I saluted the judge on bars and picked my wedgie and then did my bar routine and I got a deduction for it. Um, oh, <laughs> well, you still got a score, right? I got a score, but it was because I saluted first and then I picked my wedgie and then it I was went a part of your routine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> embarrassing. What is your most used emoji? Most used emoji. Um, probably the red heart and like the razorback emoji. I like do that one all the time. Okay. The red heart 
TikTok or the one that's like crying, laughing, like something's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I use that a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's everyone's like most use. That's my most use is the laughing, crying one. I know even when it's something that's not that funny, I feel like I always put like the laughing, crying face as if it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I'm not really sure how the most used emojis even work though, because I used like a trash can the other day for something random. And then now it's in my most like frequently used. And I'm like, I used it one I time. Like, I feel like it's like, these are the recent ones you use. And then the ones on the, like the left, the far left are the most used. Most used. Okay. That would make sense then. Cause I'm like, yeah, I used it one time. Like, why is it there? <laughs> Yeah. If you had to delete every app on your phone, but one, which one would you keep? Like, are we including like the phone and texting apps or? You can have like texting and FaceTime and all that, but like social media, you have to delete all of them, but one. Mm, I'd probably say um, Snapchat because I'm not use Snapchat a ton as much as I used to when I was younger, mm-hmm. but we have like a family Snapchat where my sister will send like videos of my nephews and my niece. And that's how I feel like I like stay connected and know what's going on with my family. So probably Snapchat. Okay. This next one, I kind of hate it because I feel like there's no good answer. Like I feel like both of these I'm not okay with, but would you rather lose all of your money or all of your pictures? So if you had to like delete every picture that you had and get rid of every photo that you had or lose all of your money, which one would you prefer? See, oh. I feel like that's just not a good one. I'm like, I'm like, can I pick neither? Very unfair. <laughs> but if you had to pick. I feel like the right thing to say is that I would rather lose all my money because you can never get the pictures back, but you can always make more money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. Like that's, that's what I'm going to go with. That's a good answer. <laughs> what advice? would you give to young gymnasts to aspire to reach the level that you did someday? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I would say that, and this is one of the number one things I learned, just reflect, like now that I'm an adult and reflecting back on my whole gymnastics career that I, I didn't feel this way while I was competed, but competing, but I would say like, it's not all about winning and being the best. It's just about you know, finding joy in what you do. And when, and if you enjoy it and it's joyful to you, you'll want to work harder and, and you will feel successful, whether you're the best or not. And Cause I think growing up in gymnastics, I always felt like I had to win, had to be first place. You know, I, like I put so much pressure on myself to be the best. And I realized now it really wasn't, it wasn't about winning. It wasn't about being the best. It was about just, and I really did love the sport. It was about, you know, want the desire to be the best, came from my love for the sport. And I think that's, that's where I would wish I would have focused a little bit more on just mm-hmm. enjoying it yeah. and um, letting it be a sport, you know? And so that would be my advice to younger ones is just, you know, do what you enjoy and do it because you enjoy it, not because you think you have to win and be the best. That does it for today's episode. We want to say thank you again to Jordan for taking the time out of your day to come join us on our show. It really meant a lot to us and we're really looking forward to cheering on your team this season and hoping that we can come down to an Arkansas meet at some point. That's on our bucket list. So wishing you and your team the best of luck this season. Like we said in the beginning, next week we are planning on having an episode out even though we initially told you guys that we were going to be doing bi-weekly going forward. 
we lied. Surprise, we're doing at least an episode next week just because it's Worlds and we want to try and stay up to date with what's going on. So make sure you're following us on social media. Also follow Inside Gymnastics because that's where Ashley is going to be doing a lot of posting and live tweeting and kind of covering the event live. But you can hopefully expect an episode next Monday where we recap Worlds and share our thoughts with you all. So until then, we hope you have an amazing week. Enjoy the competition and we will talk to you guys real soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you.